Hey, this is a Hakawati production. Hey, my friends, I'm Nadia Michelle. Welcome to the show. I'm super thrilled about our guest today because he's truly a game changer. But before we get into it, hit pause and make sure you're subscribed to the Men's Room podcast. We all know how fashion is negatively impacting our planet. We've all heard about it. But did you know that the fashion industry produces 10% of all of humanity's carbon emissions? It's also the second largest consumer of the world's water supply. And it also pollutes the oceans with microplastics because washing some types of clothes sends thousands of bits of plastic into the waterways. And what's even worse is 85% of all textiles go to the dump each year. That's where our next guest comes in. He's a Lebanese fashion designer who produces his clothes using vintage material and dead stock, and he's also Fashion Trust Arabia ready-to-wear prize winner. Please welcome Roni Hello. Hi, Roni. <laughs> welcome to the men's room. We met actually last year at Fashion Trust Arabia in Qatar, and I really liked your style, and I'm not just talking about your clothes. So explain to us a little bit what the label is about. Hey, um, so basically, Roni Hello is a um, label for where like we're ready to wear um, a brand, uh, mostly focused on women's wear. But now we're trying to do more menswear. Uh, it's a sustainable brand, uh, which means uh, we try to do our best. We're not a hundred. There's no such thing as 100% sustainable, but we do our best to be more eco-friendly, animal-friendly, human-friendly. So it's doing our best. To be better, basically, uh, we only use dead stocks and dead materials, or vintage dead stock materials, or vintage. Even like when it comes to zippers and buttons, um, nothing is new. Uh, we produce everything locally, and we're proud of that. We want to build like an ecosystem around us of like Lebanese uh, production houses. Also, the brand is very much involved with Creative Space Beirut, which is the school I graduated from, and it's a free school for fashion design. It's an NGO. So it's kind of me giving back to the school. And I personally am like vegan. I'm a human rights activist, animal rights activist. And this also, obviously, it's reflected in the brand. So literally, it's like trying to impact everything that surrounds the brand 360 in a in, in a positive way. So what are some of the things that you're not able to make sustainably? Um, honestly, there's a lot of things. I mean, it's not that we're not able to do sustain it, but because we're in Lebanon, uh, for example, using dead stocks uh, has a lot of limitations. There's only few quantities of fabrics. Obviously, Lebanon is not a huge market. That's why suppliers don't bring that much fabric. So sometimes like I'm only able to produce two or three pieces from uh, from a certain style. Uh, other things when it comes to production uh, in Lebanon, Like maybe just before civil war, we used to have those big factories, uh, ready to wear factories, and a lot of big brands used to produce in Lebanon. But now we lost all that, so the tailors are not that well experienced and not that well trained when it comes to ready to wear. Unlike haute couture, you know, we're the best in haute couture, but when it comes to ready to wear, there's still a lot to learn. So this can be a bit challenging. Um, also, when it comes to trims and haberdasheries, it's the quality. You know, like a lot of things come from China. And if you want to buy vintage, sometimes uh, they're not like they're rusty, you know. Mm -hmm. So you have to be very selective and you have to be open minded when it comes to quantities. And you have to work with people that understand the brands and the values. And basically they admire that. So they disregard some other stuff. 
what's haberdashery like the metal like the pieces trims. yeah like button zippers uh, those kind of stuff uh, so you get those vintage as well yeah so how do you get your hands on all that dead stock and, and fabrics like from factories I'm just trying to, to understand um, basically uh, when I uh, when I was part of the international fashion showcase in London uh, part of my proposal was to research like fabric places that existed in Lebanon before like from before the civil war because back then we used to have a very nice like quality of fabrics like Italian stuff unlike now like everything is Chinese and so I went to these I researched all those people I went to them and I asked them for their dead stock and for them it was something super strange because um, no one does that you know everybody was interested in what they're bringing new but I was interested in like the old stuff they have which was like sitting in the basement for like the past 30 years and uh, they were very happy because they managed to make some profit from things that for them it's a loss yeah and like one guy led me to another guy and then the research expanded and then it, it happened like literally you, you go on the ground you meet those people you do some research and that's how you do it so but you'd think you'd run out of supplies eventually I mean um Vintage, yeah, dead stock, no, because there are suppliers that bring dead stock fabrics from abroad. Dead stock is basically the leftovers of uh, fact of fabric factories, or whenever a factory goes bankrupt, they have to, in order to file for bankruptcy, you have to burn all the fabrics that you have. So otherwise, you can't. So what they these guys do, they go buy everything there uh, for like a very cheap price, and they bring it to Lebanon. Hmm. So um, you actually won the FTA Ready to Wear Prize last at last year's Fashion Trust Arabia 2019. Um, part of, I'm sure, the judging process included um, finding designers that would be able to uh, build upon what they were doing to become a commercial brand. Yep. So is what you're doing something that can be scaled up? Are you able to, since you're doing everything locally by hand and you relying on small quantities of stock, how can you scale that onto a larger business? I mean, obviously everything can be scaled up. It's just you need to create your own system. And now, like lately in the industry, people of the industry are being more open-minded when it comes to that. So I'm not saying that I'd, even even if it's possible, I would never want to create 100 or 200 pieces from like a style. This is not what the brand stands for. I'm very pro slow fashion. Uh, I don't believe like if I would do that, basically, I'm doing everything I it's everything the brand stands against but we can still scale what well, well, for example what i was doing with the uh, last collection in paris we presented the collection there instead of uh, so we have for example one fabric that can make uh, three suits uh, sorry six suits so uh, what i did is i uh, brought different samples to the showroom and then showed the suppliers and each supplier I gave exclusivity to one fabric to each supply to each sorry boutique not mm -hmm, supplier mm -hmm. and then they enjoyed that because people like exclusivity and yeah. boutiques like that so instead of making I don't know 30 uh, pink suit I made like six pink uh, seven purple eight orange and it was exclusive for each uh, boutique and people love that so that's how I'm playing uh, you know like I'm twisting it yeah well that makes a lot of sense your clothes are really out of the box you're saying you make suits let's yeah. not confuse anyone you're not making like you know uh, business suits no. um, you have like for instance the hesitation skirt slash shirt which mm -hmm. is a piece I guess that's multifunctional exactly then I saw on your Instagram today you have this puffer scarf it's kind of like a puffer coat but mm. it's a scarf yeah there are kind of things that are very quirky that you wouldn't see elsewhere. Um, what's your idea of fashion and how people should be dressing? 
Honestly, when it comes to pieces that are modular and you, you can like they have different purposes, you can wear in different ways. As a designer, I love uh, this challenge. I love the challenge of creating these pieces because you have to think like patterns. It takes you back to school, basically. The back to those days when you're only thinking about pattern and how to create something new. But also, I think that uh, a big issue like in the industry these days is the landfills. People are wearing literally like some t-shirts once and then they're throwing them away. So what I'm trying to do is trying to create a piece that you can wear in different ways. So basically you're 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 making the lifespan of the piece longer, which is also part of like sustainability. That's that reduces the waste. So yeah, I think that it's it's literally like trying everything I do is comes from like either something I'm passionate about, but also is at the same time it has a purpose. And then even your you did a photo shoot uh, was it last year? It was the fall winter 19 yeah this uh, this fall. Yeah, which was basically on, on top of the Beirut garbage mountain as yeah. it's as it's called. Can you tell me how you came up with the idea and and about the actual experience of shooting there? <laughs> so, uh mainly well, I wanted like the the garbage crisis was happening like it's been happening for like the past four years uh, back then and suddenly like people were Uh, very happy about recycling and they were like oh I'm, everybody wanted, started recycling and then at some point I felt that people especially people around me were like fed up with the idea they're over they don't want to talk about the, the the crisis anymore and it really as an activist it really like I was really upset mm. so I wanted to create a buzz around that issue again to get people to talk about it again um, that's why I decided to merge things I do best which is like clothing like i thought putting like some nice clothing on literally a landfill of garbage uh it was controversial and this will make people talk about the issue again and this is actually what happened well for sure it got like a lot of international attention but yeah. did it really wake people up i feel like people get tired quickly especially in this country i mean we have it again with the revolution yeah. it's happening people are kind of you know out of breath i don't remember what happened after like did they ever solve the garbage problem i think it came crisis? in a time uh, obviously the, the the crisis is not solved but it can't i think it was um It was perfect. The timing was perfect because now more and more people are are like understanding the importance of, like they're into sustainability and understanding the importance of everything we do. And the campaign came at the same time in parallel with that. So I think at least it helped few people realize the importance of what we're doing. And how was that experience? I mean, you brought actual models there. Yeah. How long did it take to shoot? So the full crew with Lebanese, the photographer Joshua Hanna, basically he was the most passionate about us because he had no problem lying on the floor full of garbage and the garbage juice, and like just to take the perfect shots. While us, like, like the, <laughs> even the the models, like at, for, at first they were like very not. Yeah. Obviously, you're not comfortable there. It's not you so know? glamorous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then, like at the end of the day, we were like by by uh, by afternoon, we were like all khalas. We don't care anymore. <laughs> I stink already. Like who cares? I did. Yeah, 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 exactly. But uh, the first few hours, it was horrible. And then, like my laundry bill was like huge because I had to send everything, whatever I shot, and I didn't shoot. We had to send everything back to laundry because literally we were stinking. Like the smell was was it was horrible oh my gosh yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's interesting but i feel sorry honestly to people who have to work there every day yeah. and like, people who live close I, i i don't know how they do it i mean it's uh, the smell is really overwhelming i can yeah. if, even from like kilometers away so yeah. i can't imagine honestly also like a night like not, not a nice thing but like something i realized there while shooting is um when you go there it's a big landfill and it's basically they're they're um 
it's they're throwing garbage uh, in the sea, which is like it's nobody's land, you know, like the, the land doesn't. The new land doesn't belong to anyone. So there was a lot of homeless people who built shelters for them there. There was a lot of dog, dogs and cats. And somehow this horrible thing, which is like the garbage landfill, turned into their safe haven. So basically it was like when you're there, like the emotions you have, part of it, like you're, what what a, what a horrible thing this is. And then you're like, you see those people, but like, what if we remove all this garbage, then what happens to those people? So you're like, it's like you put yourself like, you're like, mm. I yeah. don't know what to do, you know, like, do I, do I feel sad? Do I feel okay about yeah, it? Yeah, but I mean, those people shouldn't be living there in the obviously, first place. It obviously. also makes you sad about the, you know, Situation. inequalities yeah. that exist, the exactly. incredible inequalities and how, you know, how much more would it take for someone who owned a piece of land they weren't using maybe to help out people that exactly. needed, you know? Uh, on that note, let's talk a little bit about the FTA prize that mm -hmm. you won last year. Yep. So what was the prize exactly? And let me ask you this also, what? why do you think you won? Um, so the prize was uh, basically mentorship and different ev events we had. Like, for example, we went to New York and had an exhibition with the DVF, Diane von Furstenberg. Uh, also a collaboration with Matches. We're going to be talking about Matches soon. Um, and obviously there was like a money, like a grant, you know. How much was the grant? Uh, it was $150,000. Okay. Which is like, it was very good, to be honest. Why I think I won, honestly... There was a lot of very good designers. There was a lot of like the Lebanese designers. There are my friends. There were designers I, also from like Morocco. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I, Egypt. I personally think the 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 level of designers who were there were like literally the best people in the in the region. I think because I had a story. I have a story, like basically me coming from creative space, um, and I also maybe because it was very. The, the the brand and myself, the story of the brand is very genuine because literally it comes from me, you know? It's not like a story that came out of nowhere. It's 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 a continuation of of me. Mm -hmm. And I feel that people felt that it's authentic, it's genuine. I'm not just following the, the it's like uh, trying to ride the wave of sustainability. It's, I'm an activist. I've been an activist for like the past six, seven years, like way before this was a thing. So mm -hmm. I felt that people felt that. The authenticity, uh, the but yeah. it's definitely is a wave. Actually, there's a, a McKinsey report that's uh, talking about, you know, like how um, sustainability in fashion is going to be the biggest opportunity and the biggest challenge yeah. uh, this year in 2020, because it's been kind of s slowly growing. And now it's really at the forefront of what um, brands are thinking about because people care more. Yeah. Um, so is this what the big e-sellers are looking for? You talked about you're going to be on matches.com. Have you had the opportunity to meet with buyers of that caliber? And is this something that's at the top of their list? Um, to be honest, I think it is a priority now, but I'm not sure if it's the priority. Like people really want brands uh, that have stories, that are into sustainability, but even when whenever they buy or whenever, um, I don't think, it matters as much as we think it, it does because you still you still see all those brands that are not sustainable or that are greenwashing and buyers are are literally like giving the biggest budget to them while like uh, small brands that are more sustainable i mean 
I, I feel, I don't know, uh, it, it's hard. But my experience, I say, no, it's not that much, to be honest. Yeah, they, it's there's a lot of greenwashing going middle, on. Yeah, like especially in the Middle East. Yeah, which is interesting, actually, because according to another report by McKinsey, um, we're easing into like an economic slowdown across the world. Um, and the fashion industry is expected to to suffer quite yeah. a bit even though until from since 2000 apparently clothing production has roughly doubled which is incredible so now they're expecting a bit of a slowdown however in the middle east we have big spenders right we have yeah. uh, the spending in in some gcc countries are among the highest on a per capita basis in the world including in saudi arabia and the uae um, currently dubai is the region's shopping capital but saudi is not far behind are, how are you planning on leveraging this as you kind of try to build your brand Honestly, I I'm trying to take it organically. Like I'm really not rushing anything. I understand it's important. Like it's it's to scale up your business is is very important. It's important to to sell at different boutiques, have different selling points, um, make money. But I don't want to rush things because uh, if you go up super fast, you're gonna go down like really quickly. Yeah. So I'm 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 taking it like. Collection by collection, project by project, and again, I'm trying to take it organic, doing it in an organic way, and in an authentic way. So, so, where are you selling your stuff now? So now I'm selling um, a few places, like a boutique in Lebanon called Boutique Hub. I have my own showroom. I'm selling. I'm selling at Creative Space uh, Beirut uh, on their online shop, CSB Shop, and Al Uthman in Kuwait. Harvey Nichols Qatar soon for SS20. Oh, and, great. Uh, matches.com SS20 as well which is awesome mm -hmm. that's really exciting yeah. uh, you don't seem like the typical designer guy <laughs> if you know what I mean most yeah. designers are really kind of more flamboyant yeah. and kind of into like more into vanity and you know um, you can tell that they're into this by their personal style how did you end up in this business someone who considers themselves an activist yeah Because it seems kind of like a superficial industry to be in. I mean, after all, it's like, do you really need to be buying new clothes? You could just go to the Salvation Army and pay whatever. That's in the U.S., by the way. <laughs> But I'm sure there are places like that here, you know, or you could wear your old clothes. So how did you decide that you wanted to be in fashion and you wanted to be a designer? Um, honestly, when I started that creative space, it was it was... Uh, for for me, there was like the, fa the fashion industry and there was like, there was like Roni Hello and there was like, The person running hello, you know, there was two things when I first started the brand, right after I graduated, because um, and I ha I felt this conflict. I really I started the brand right after I graduated, and I'm like, the brand was doing well, but I wasn't happy. I felt super disconnected, and this was really uh, I wasn't feeling well. But then when I went to London for AFS, it's there where I really met new people with new like way of thinking and they really appreciate it because I was thinking like do I really want to merge what I do as a person with the brand like do I really want that can people in Lebanon do really people in Lebanon want to hear about those problems on Instagram on a uh, Instagram account dealing mm. with like yeah with, you like know? you're afraid you'll turn people off because people like this imaginary beautiful exactly. world and right? that no was the answer I was getting in Lebanon but when I went to London Everybody was like super excited and was pushing me to do it. And then that's when I felt, oh, wow, okay, I'm relieved. I'm going to go for it. And then I came back and I decided to go for it. And slowly by slowly, uh, more and more people were like really appreciating, appreciating. what I'm doing. Yeah. And then I think it's just like you discover those people, you know, like you, you discover them on their way. More and more people starting to hear about me. And then 
It just happened. Yeah, so, so it was really random. It was random, let's say. So do you feel like there's a growing community of like-minded people? You know, we're hearing, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix, Phoenix just did the speech at the Oscars about inequality in the yeah. world and how all species, genders and races should treat each other equally and not, you know, uh, take advantage of uh, and pillage and whatever, and we should all be equal. Do you think there's a grow? like, do you see it in your ecosystem and your surroundings that there's a growing number of people that are kind of uh, going in this direction of like um, equality uh, and, and, you know, leaving this old idea of, you know, uh, king of the jungle maybe idea <laughs> i think it is uh th i can see the change coming slowly but also as a person i really think one person can make a change knowing from myself i started like being an activist i'm an animal rescuer as well oh so, tell me about that yeah so i rescue animals i rescue cats dogs you mean like uh, from the birds, street from the street i give them treatment and then i find them homes so yeah i When I first started doing that, basically, like none of my, I, I remember none of my entourage like ever had a pet. And now basically every single person I know has a pet. Yeah. Most of them are like they adopted the pets for me. So I really believe that one person can make a change. And I did it, you know, a lot of people around me now, they're vegan because I'm vegan. A lot of people now understand like the, the, the disadvantages or like the damages, like the meat industry. So as a, like on that level, I managed to make a change. Mm. And I think also some people around me really now understand my values when it comes to the fashion industry. Also my, my, my fears, what, what I, I think, something's happening it's not what i really want like i want something to i want all this to happen really faster but it's happening slowly which what is... are you doing about recycling so we recycle but unfortunately i don't think i don't think we're doing enough the facilities in this country at least and i exactly. don't think across the middle east are up to par i mean you have some countries in europe i remember i met the mayor of the small town in france mm -hmm. at a on a holiday and he was telling us how they re recycle everything like everything down to refrigerators and some some countries and some areas are in the world are really bringing down their waste to like close to nothing yeah it's incredible so i don't understand why but also it's, it's, it's not, not it's happening. not just recycling i think also as a consumer we need to understand we need to do our best literally to limit our consumption of plastic you know like uh That's the main issue, especially in Lebanon, because we don't really trust those uh, those uh, f factories, recycling mm -hmm. or treat treatment treating factories. Plants, yeah, we mm -hmm. don't really trust them because we 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 you know how, how things happen in this country. So I personally, on a personal level, what I try to do, what I try to do as much as possible, is dodging plastic and go for like other alternatives. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm trying to push people around me. I'm, yeah. So, for example, you bring your own bags to the grocery store. Yeah, always. You try to avoid I buying packaged. I have my packaged. own bottle of water usually yeah. that I bring with me. I forgot it today. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Uh, even, like, I only wear vintage stuff, my dad's old closet. You know, it's a lifestyle. You need to to teach yourself or, like, to to get it, take, uh, to adapt mm. yourself to that. Mm. That's so nice. You wear your dad's old wardrobe. Yeah. Is that what you're wearing today? Uh, the pants, yeah. The pants? Yeah. I didn't notice the pants. That's awesome. <laughs> I hope he still has some clothes left. 
basically these are his old stuff. His old stuff. He looks at me and he's like, "What? F- what are you wearing?" Yeah. You know, like, I'm like yeah, that. yeah. But I, I like that. He's Does like, he say it like that in English with those words? In in, in Arabic. Oh, okay. No. Like, how would he say it in Arabic? He's like, "Shashlev is shusayel like shuayda." I don't know exactly what you just said, but it sounded really good. I'd be like, I'd be laughing. No, too. he's just shocked. For him, he thinks like this is. the 90s and the 80s like where the 2020s like what are you thinking why are you wearing something that what's the best just... thing you found in his closet uh, not his closet I, the best thing I found was in my grandpa's closet it was like a vintage Calvin Klein uh, blazer that I still wear till now um, and it's like a very nice blazer yeah yeah Calvin used to have some great stuff mm. I don't know what yeah. happened to him back to the future yes. this is what happened <laughs> <laughs> So you're a great example, by the way, of someone who's really uh, making it, you know, people say like, yeah, what can I do, right? People kind of live their lives like thinking that if they can't make that big difference right away, they might as well just not do any no. effort. Like you said, it's a lifestyle. You do it's, your best. It's the it's power really of the, one person. Power of one. And slowly, slowly. What 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 else can we do? But it's really inspiring and wonderful to, to meet someone who's practicing what they preach. Thank you. So Mabruk. Thank you. And Mabruk on the prize and looking forward to seeing you again this year to yes. uh, share your story at FTA. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. You I too. wish you much success. <laughs> Thank you so much. And many apprentices. Thank you for having me. That's it. And thanks for hanging out with us. Make sure to subscribe on your way out and check us out on social media. See you next time. Bye.